You're listening to a Fat Cat Media Podcast. If you love caravanning, four-wheel driving, fishing, camping, gold detecting, exploring places, history and visiting destinations all rolled into each episode, welcome to the Road Less Travel Podcast, a podcast that documents and captures the Australian spirit of travel, discovery and adventure. And each week you can join myself where together we'll experience adventures all around Australia with glimpses into a world that's faded into history. The people, the places, the way of life. This is the Road Less Travelled. This is The Road Less Travelled, presented by Nikki Shea. G'day everyone, it's Nikki Shea. Welcome to the Summer Series Extra of The Road Less Travelled podcast. This week, it's exciting, it's laid back, it's a tourist playground, and if you love exploring swimming, fishing and seafood, then oh my goodness, put this on your destination list. Embark on the ultimate seafood safari in the Eyre Peninsula of South Australia. You can taste world-famous Coffin Bay oysters fresh from the farm and the pristine waters that surround the peninsula, or in one of the region's many seafood restaurants, along with abalone, scallops, prawns and tuna. Now blessed with its natural beauty, Eyre Peninsula features rugged landscapes and beautiful coastlines, and in addition to abundant seafood out for outdoor adventure abounds with the opportunity for you to get up and close and personal to marine life by swimming with dolphins, sea lions and cage diving if you so desire with great white sharks or take a whale watching tour. South Australia's Air Peninsula, it's the oyster capital of Australia and so much more with stunning white sandy beaches, crystal clear waterways and an absolute abundance of wildlife. Air Peninsula is a nature lover's paradise. This week, join us on the Road Less Travel Summer Series Extra as we revisit the Peninsula in South Australia. Podcast coming to you live off the road this week and I do apologise for the quality of recording but we're doing it in the caravan so we'll just bear with us. As always you can interact with us by dropping us an email which is fatcat at iinet.net.au. You can SMS or give me a call on 042-752-8467 and of course you can listen to us anytime via our website which is fatcatmedia.com.au and that's where you'll find all the previous episodes of the Road Less Travel podcast from series one through to series two and current episodes plus plenty of information of what we're doing with Fat Cat Media. This week and a big welcome to you if you're just joining us for the very first time this week I thought we'd talk to you as I said live on the road on the Air Peninsula in South Australia. Now, visitors driving to Eyre Peninsula will travel through Port Augusta before joining the Eyre Highway to Sejuna, or maybe if you want to head south uh, down the east coast. The daily ferry service between Wallaroo on York Peninsula and Lucky Bay near Cow provides uh, another option, but no matter how you get here, there is plenty to see and do. For us, the journey started at Wyala, which is famous for its resident cuttlefish population and the unique jetty while Cal sits on the calm, fish-filled waters of Franklin Harbour, which also sustains farms of succulent Pacific oysters. So obviously fishing and seafood are never far from mine in this part of the world, and there are plenty of opportunities to cast a line or to join a fishing charter if you so desire. So as you follow the stunning coastline, make sure that you stop in like we have been doing to explore the seaside settlements which include Port Gibbon and Arno Bay and places like this where you can appreciate the natural beauty of sunrise over places like Red Banks Beach. Also make sure that if you do do this particular part of Australia, take a detour inland to the Cleve District with its really diverse range of landscapes and recreational opportunities. 
the town itself is surrounded by the rolling hills of the Elkadine Conservation Park. So there's plenty, not just to do along the coast with fishing and water sports and so forth, but jumping inland, there's some fantastic places to visit and a lot of farming and rural as well. So Wyala, uh, 76 kilometres from Port Augusta. Uh, the northern eastern gateway, I guess you could say, to the Air Peninsula and the largest city in the region. Wyala is a coastal city with a proud industrial history, but is also blessed by natural environments. So how does more than 300 days of sunshine a year sound to you? That's what they have here at Wyala. The Wyala shipyards closed in 1978, but the city is still home to a major steel plant and a thriving mineral salt operation. You can look out for the big ship. It's part of the Wyala Maritime Museum with its collection of treasures, including World War II documentation. The ticket price includes a tour of the HMAS Wyala. That's the ship you look for. It's not only the museum option. However, stop by the Mount Laura Homestead Museum for a great look into Australia's history or the quirky little Elvis Presley Museum for a touch of the king. Wyala was originally known as Hummock Hill and the lookout of the same name. That reveals a spectacular 360-degree view of the foreshore of the city and of Spencer Gulf. Between, uh, I think it's May and August each year, the Australian giant cuttlefish, they converge on the waters around here of nearby Port, Point Lowley. These goliaths are some of the largest cuttlefish in the world and people come from all over the world to do diving or snorkeling with a giant cuttlefish. It's a bucket list must do. Uh, I'm told it's a unique experience that just can't be found anywhere else so it's absolutely worth visiting. They're not the only maritime life in the area though. Keep your eye out for the friendly local dolphins along the Point Lowly shoreline or up close and personal at the Whale Up Marina. You can make your way to the Whaler Foreshore, where you'll just find the newest tourist attraction on the Air Peninsula. It's the once-in-a-generation circular jetty. You can have a rest on the stunning mosaic cuttlefish seat at the entrance to the jetty, or enjoy fantastic views of Spencer Gulf with the expansive beach offering safe swimming in shallow water and extensive lawn areas, free barbecues. There's also dog-friendly areas too, a beach volleyball area, tennis courts, toilets, change rooms, undercover playgrounds, and there's also a newly established wheelchair beach access and baby changing facility as well, and changing facility too if you want to go swimming. When you've had enough of the ocean, you can enjoy the extensive bird life and walking trails at the Jim Pollock Whaler Wetlands or head to the Whaler Conservation Park to enjoy a 30-minute outback walk up Wild Dog Hill. You can hike, cycle or drive the 12-kilometre Freesit Trail between the Port Lowley Lighthouse and the Fitzgerald Bay Camping Area. Now, at picturesque Fitzgerald Bay, you can also walk along heritage uh, registered geological formations of stranded shingle deposits formed about 7,000 years ago. If you're into art, well, of course, you can look out for the public art display throughout the city of Whaler. On the foreshore, you'll find the Rotary Peace and Harmony Globe and Sundial, which represents Whaler's multicultural background and the diver sculpture celebrating the ocean. On McDougall's Stewart Highway, you'll see the Loaded Dog, based on Henry Lawson's story of the same name. In addition to extensive tourism services, including varied accommodation options, retail and fuel, Wyala also offers a lively dining scene with a number of really great restaurants, excellent cafes and inviting pubs with regular live music. You can jump onto um, the Air Peninsula Tourism website, which is Air Peninsula. Um, 
the online and it's a visitor's guide where you can find out what you can do and of course always visit um, the local visitor centre that's where you get most of your information on what to see and do places to stay as well as well at the Wyler Visitor's Centre where you can um, excuse me it's a booking point too for the Point Lowley Cottage and Steelworks tour um, it's the entrance point to the Maritime Museum and you can also as I said it's always worth dropping into the local visitor centre. Here you can design your memorable whaler experience with their uh, really informative staff. They've got tours, souvenirs, maps, brochures and accommodation, open weekdays and public holidays as well. And it's located on the Lincoln Highway next to the big ship and you can uh, check out the website which is www.whaler.com. Whaler spent spelt rather w-h-y-a-l-l-a and give them a free call on 1-800-088-589 and that is Wyala. So we used Wyala as our starting point and 106 kilometres from Wyala is the town of Cow, south of Wyala obviously. It sits on Franklin Harbour. Um, it's about 157 kilometres from Adelaide when taking the daily ferry which docks at Lucky Bay. The 48-square-kilometre natural harbour has a really good reputation for being one of the best fishing destinations in South Australia with whiting, snapper, schnook, Australian herring, which is locally in South Australia known as Tommy Ruff, flathead, garfish and squid, just some of the catch available. Whether you're fishing from a beach, boat or jetty, you are practically guaranteed a catch and I can certainly attest to that. You can also add blue squid swimmer crabs which also invade the harbour in summer um, it's a fantastic place to sit if you've got young kids as well you can sit on the just sit on the jetty with a hand line put a bit of bait in and you will be guaranteed to catch something uh, to something there at cow the waters within the harbour and some further offshore are part of franklin harbour marine park and one of the most important nursery habitats for king george whiting the oyster leases in the Franklin Harbour area are a burgeoning commercial industry and visitors can also learn more about the aquaculture industry by taking a tour of Cow Area School's aquaculture facility during school hours. I really recommend you do that. It was absolutely fascinating. You learned so much about how they... Um, uh, get involved in the leases for oysters, how they actually um, start the oyster leases and, and the actual um, uh, putting it all together as a package and it helps these the kids learn from start to finish and make a career within aquaculture of, of oysters. The boat launching ramp, deepened uh, boating channel and mangrove boardwalk are also popular with fisher people or anglers, while families and tourists also can enjoy. There's plenty of sheltered barbecue facilities and adventure playground as well to let the kids have a run around if you're on the road. The nature activities around, uh, around the area just abound with four-wheel driving, there's bird watching and hiking, all really popular. When you head into the town of Cal, uh, you can't miss the huge silo mural featuring local identity Lionel Deer and his camel, Diamantina. Cal also has magnificent buildings dating back to the late 1800s and you can also look out for the memorial to children's author Mae Gibbs. Discovered in the nearby Mimbury Range in 1965, Cow's Nephrite Jade is recognised as the oldest and one of the largest deposits in the world. The aptly named Cow Jade Motel has a showroom full of stunning locally made pieces. It's certainly worth checking out. A visit to Franklin Harbour Historical Museum for its incredibly comprehensive collection of local artefacts tells you the history and the development of the area. The dining room, kitchen and bedroom are furnished in the style of around 1900 and the remaining rooms contain collections of handmade farm tools and household utensils. 
The Agricultural Museum, located on Lincoln Highway, boasts the Rushton Proctor steam tractor, which is now restored to full working condition. Local beaches in this area include Poverty Beach, which is great for surfing, while Lucky Bay is perfect for families and also has a boat launching ramp. Port Gibbon boasts white sand hills and reefs, and if you're lucky, you might spot a sea lion there too. There's many, many campsites along the coast and also at Port Gibbon, which has hot showers and toilets. Permits are available from Port Gibbon campsite or at a pay station, which is on Beach Road. While in the area, make sure that you visit the igloos, which were construction constructed rather during World War II, and they were used as air raid shelters in large barracks just two kilometres from Port Gibbon on the Port Gibbon Road. So the, as I said, plenty of accommodation options in this area, and it's also worthy to note that there's free camping available too. So that's just a, a snippet of jumping into Cal, and um, based, not based, it's located right with Lucky Bay um, and the Franklin Harbour, just fantastic places to visit. And as I said, there would be no shortage of uh, places where you can just grab a, chuck a line in and grab fish. Dead easy to do. Now, 42 kilometres from Cow, you head inland to the little place called Cleve, C-L-E-V-E. The Centenary of Federation mural on the corner of Main Street and East Terrace, that welcomes visitors arriving to the town of Cleve, which services the surrounding agricultural district. Other historical highlights include the Goiters Line Monument and the National Trust Museum, which is open by appointment, and this place holds a collection of the early records, photographs and other memorabilia of the area. Observation Hill on the outskirts of town is home to a seven-metre big cross, which is dedicated to the Christian forefathers of the district. A self-guided heritage trail map is available within the Cleve District Visitors Guide, which is available at the local visitors' information outlets and various businesses too. Cleve is an RV-friendly town with a designated site at the Cleve Showgrounds. There's also a number of sporting facilities available, including an 18-hole golf course, and nearby Centenary Park offers an information map. There's electric barbecues, picnic facilities, also a gazebo, public toilets and a playground. It uh, offers panoramic views of Spencer Gulf and the surrounding plains. That is the the heave, the Cleve Hills Scenic Drive, which travels along the Bird's Eye Highway. And I think it's pronounced, this has always been a mouthful for me, the Wanganlita Road, where you can find emus, kangaroos, mallowfowl can often be seen along this drive. And you can detour to Air Peninsula's largest wind farm, which is the Mount Miller Wind Farm. And there's free public viewing area at the top of Range Road. That is Cleve, which is more inland um, before you sort of head back towards the coast. You're listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast with Nikki Shea. And heading back towards the coast, as I just mentioned, to Arno Bay, which is about 26 kilometres from Cleve. It's really important to note, we tried booking accommodation for a couple of weeks during the Christmas New Year period. It is uh, almost impossible to try and book something if you haven't given them plenty of notice because a lot of people come over from uh, Adelaide and Port Augusta and other areas to Juna and head down to uh, sort of the east coast of um 
Air Peninsula for their annual holidays. So make sure if you are in that area and it is heading towards sort of the Easter time or long weekends or Christmas and that, that you book ahead and make sure because you might not be able to get a week at a time. You might have to do uh, one night accommodation for, for overnight at some of these destinations. So just worth um, putting that in the memory bank. Back to Arno Bay. This place has got a refurbished jetty and a boat harbour. And Arno Bay, like most of the towns along the Air Peninsula, is a magnet for anglers looking for kingfish and snapper. The snapper in season when it's permitted. The beachfront caravan park is just a short walk from the jetty and the small town offers a post office, a cafe and a historic ripping little pub. Arno Bay is a renowned South Australia kingfish and aquaculture capital with the fish farms located in the area. Here, you can meander through dense mangroves and mudflaps, sapphire habitats, small tributaries and the main estuary waterway as you explore the award-winning mangrove boardwalk. It was constructed by community volunteers and it's a 1.4-kilometre walk. It is also wheelchair accessible and features three jetties for the keen fishermen and women in those areas and those looking to take a dip as well. The Beach Centenary Park the super shed and the foreshore are all really great options for soaking in that sunshine and breathing in the clean sea air. This super shed in particular is a throwback to the town's port days, the only remaining good shed now used as a picnic facilities with pylon seating and interpretive signage also included. Other highlights include the Red Banks Beach, the Maritime Wall Mural and the Navigation Beacon and a historic maritime treasure that lies close to its original site was erected to assist the sailing catches entering the bay in the 18 and 1900s. Plenty of accommodation, as I said. Make sure that you do book ahead. There's marine tours that you can do too. You can stay at Hotel Arno if you're just doing weekends away uh, and as I mentioned, the caravan park there too. So again, just a sort of can't stress this enough, during busy um, um, Christmas, public holidays, school holidays as well, best to make sure that you book ahead so that you can secure a, a site if you need to. Good thing too about travelling through the Air Peninsula area is there's not a great deal of distance, especially on this east coast of the um, Air Peninsula, there's not a great deal of distance between destinations. Port Neal is next on the list, 35 kilometres from Arno Bay. Port Neal is loved for its white sandy beaches with safe swimming and water sports such as skiing, uh, kayaking and paddleboarding. It's home again to great fishing off the long jetty and you can also launch a boat at the all-weather boat ramp. The historic green shed is a reminder of the town's glory days. It's a popular spot for barbecues and picnics. Here you can read about how the area was first occupied by the Aboriginal people before it was settled in 1873 and called Mottle Cove, which began, became a thriving grain port, also known as Caro, reputedly Barnagalla for water soak. The town was renamed Port Neal in 1940. Here you can visit the Natural Heritage Information Gazebo, which is located near the tennis courts, where you can learn more about the flora, fauna, ecology, coastal dunes and the geology of the coastal wetland environment. Two kilometres north of the town, the Port Neal Town Lookout has beautiful panoramic views across the township, Mottled Cove and the next bay north, which is Burn Bay. A focal port on the foreshore is this historic anchor from the wreck of the Lady Kinnard and a World War II cannon. 
Now, if you're a nature lover, you should really explore Hinks Wilderness Protective Area, one of three significant wilderness areas on the Central Air Peninsula. Hinks is home to endangered and vulnerable flora and fauna. The conservation zone is a paradise for bushwalkers and four-wheel drive enthusiasts. You can enter from Nantura Road or from Reserve Road by Mount Isabella, which is off the Mount Hill Kunamalba Road. The town offers a variety of accommodation options, including a hotel, there's a caravan park and holiday shacks, while leisure activities include a gallery, an immaculate foreshore area, and a waterfront golf course and bowling green. Port Neal is extremely popular with caravan and RV travellers and is officially RV-friendly town with dump point and water top-ups and a designated RV park area. And visitors there will also appreciate the free Wi-Fi. So that is Port Neal uh, um, in South Australia. And, of course, you can find out more by visiting airpeninsulavisitorguide.com.au. We'll take a quick break here on the Road Less Travel Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us this week. I hope that you're enjoying our little trip down the east coast of the Air Peninsula in South Australia. We'll be back with more in just a moment. The Road Less Travel Podcast is a proudly Australian, fiercely independent podcast hosted and produced by me, Nikki Shea, for Fat Cat Media. We receive no corporate payments, which means we rely on self-sufficient financial support. If you can and are able to, we would love you to support us via Patreon. Listen to the Road Less Travel podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the Road Less Travel podcast. Tumby Bay, T-U-M-B-Y. Tumby Bay, 40 kilometres from Port Neal in South Australia. It's a town which boasts of its really relaxed atmosphere. Tumby Bay is a popular year-round destination for fishermen and fisherwomen and holidaymakers alike. The sandy white beaches, clear blue water and great fishing offer plenty of options for the whole family. The Tumby Bay Jetty is a great place to drop a fishing line or dive to see the home of the two healthy leafy sea dragon colonies. If you've never ever seen one, dive down deep around the jetty to see these magical creatures in the wild. Nearby is the Sir Joseph Banks Group of Ireland, known locally as the Groups. It's a breeding ground for a large variety of seabirds, seals, dolphins and fish. And here you can hire a boat to explore the beautiful bay from a really different perspective and fish a simply unbelievable coastline. You can also go paddleboarding at Second Creek or dive under the waves to spot crabs, stingrays, razorfish, shellfish and a variety of other fish that dwell in the sea grasses of the Second Creek Sanctuary Zone. And also for a bird's eye view of the township, the foreshore, the jetties, beaches and nearby islands, stop off at Island Lookout. This is also a great spot for a quiet picnic and there are also coin-operated barbecues nearby. The most southerly stand of mangroves in Australia can be seen at the Interpretive Mangrove Walk. The walk features interpretive signs about the ecology and the bird life of the area. You can also view artefacts and memorabilia from the early days of Tumby Bay and visit the C.L. Alexander National Trust Museum or the Excel Blacksmith and Engineering Museum. You can take an inland tour and follow the Twitchers Trail from Lipsum Turnoff to Ungara Hall to see a series of double-sided mosaic panels. Now, each of these mosaics showcases different habitats, including bird life, flora, insect life, and major sources of food for the resident bird life there. Here, you can follow any of the Tumby Bay tourist drives to discover sand beaches, sheltered bays, rock formations, fishing spots, and the National Trust Copio Smithy Museum. 
Tumby Bay is one of three locations on Eyre Peninsula with painted grain silos. World-renowned Muriel's Mountain Ron from Argentina was assisted by Matt Gorick to create this work that perfectly captures summertime in a seaside town. This amazing 2,200-square-foot mural can't be missed. Street art walls have also been created by well-known internationally acclaimed and local artists throughout the town centre as part of the Colour Tumby Bay Street Art Festival, and that saw the addition of a further eight murals around the town. This event is now a huge drawcard for the town, with visitors coming all year round to view the easily accessible world-class street art. Again, plenty of accumulate, plenty of accommodation options at Tumby Bay, and um, I really urge you to to book ahead, especially if you're going again. As I mentioned, um, during the busiest times of the year, there's a Tumby Bay Caravan Park. They've got um, it's pet friendly too, so most of these caravan parks um, have an option to have pet friendly caravan. Um, or RV, caravan, camping, whatever you're doing. Again, just ring ahead to, to make sure that they're taking them during the busier parts of the year too. As I mentioned, the destinations are not that far away from each other and 51 kilometres from Tumby Bay. Welcome to Port Lincoln. It's situated on the picturesque shores of Boston Bay, one of the largest protected natural harbours in the world and three times the size of Sydney Harbour. The tree-lined foreshore of Port Lincoln lends itself to relaxed drinks and dining but comes alive with seasonal events. There's an extraordinary range of things to see and do from sightseeing cruises, fishing, sailing, cage diving with great white sharks, exceptional dining, wine tasting, hiking, camping and so much more. There really is something for everyone at Port Lincoln. It's known for supplying the freshest seafood. The city has a vibrant dining scene offering a variety of options for all tastes and budgets. There's fine dining cafes, family-friendly pubs, fast food and good old-fashioned takeaway options to choose from. The area is home to the, the region's vineyards and to the wineries as well. Along with a craft brewery, you'll also find locally roasted roasted coffee beans in the local cafes. Port Lincoln, known for its excellent recreational activities, the visitors to Port Lincoln are able to experience yachting, horse racing, windsurfing, golfing, scuba diving, kayaking, surfing, paddle boarding, bushwalking, mountain biking and a whole lot more. And Port Lincoln too is a place where you can really base yourself from a couple of days right through to a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And of course, if you're into fishing, the anglers can try their hand at catching tuna or King George whiting along the spectacular rugged coastlines and pristine beaches. There's a wide range of accommodation options within Port Lincoln and the surrounds from waterfront apartments complete with awe-inspiring ocean views to marina holiday homes, units, B&Bs. You can stay at luxury hotels pubs, there's beachside caravan parks, backpacker hostels, campsites are available as well. And for RV and self-contained travellers, there's also accommodated um, with low-cost rest areas at Billy Lights Point and Axel Stenross's boat ramps. Port Lincoln is one of the very few places around the world where you can cage dive, if this is your thing, with great white sharks. But the underwater adventure doesn't stop there. You can swim with sea lions, there's specialist tours available. You can also enjoy the natural bushland settings at Makira Station, which is 30 kilometres southwest of Port Lincoln, where visitors can camp alongside the koalas. You can also get up close and personal with the native animals at the Glen Forest Animal Park. 
Now, history buffs like myself will delight in the museums, the memorials and the historic buildings in and around Port Lincoln. The Axel Stenros Maritime Museum, the Railway Museum, Mill Cottage Museum, the RSL Military Memorabilia Display, Settlers Cottage Museum and Todd Reservoir Museum, these all showcase the rich history and the diverse history too of Port Lincoln. It's also home to many talented artists and artwork. There's also a bronze sculpture of Maccabi Diva, the three times winner of the Melbourne Cup, which graces the foreshore lawns. We also find the Port Lincoln Tuna Polar Statue, which commemorates the success of the region's aquaculture industry. There too is a sculpture of Matthew Flinders, which is situated along Port Lincoln's main street. The high-quality local artwork is available to have a look at at the Nautilus Arts Centre, which is also home to the Walter Nichols Memorial and Rotary Art Galleries. Now, Port Lincoln Golf Club boasts an 18-hole golf course if you need to play golf when you're on holiday, and also some really great local um, coastal landscapes to visit is Lincoln Cove, Boston Bay, Lincoln National Park, Thorny Passage Marine Park and Whalers Way. These all provide a really unique perspective of the pristine coastal landscapes while the lookout from Winter Hill is one of Australia's most spectacular coastal panoramas. It is absolutely spectacular to look at. You'll need to book and grab a key to visit Memory Cove, which is a favoured safe harbour for boaties, which offers campers several campgrounds there too. If you're a keen hiker, you should try either the Investigator or Pancala walking trails. The Pancala Trail carries the name of the Aboriginal people whose dreaming was entwined with Port Lincoln. Travelling through natural bushland, the trail offers really great birdwatching opportunities. So as you can see, there's a wide range of tours and experiences all available from the Port Lincoln Visitors Information Centre. And whatever your interest, there is certainly something for everyone to see and do in Port Lincoln, known as the seafood capital of Australia. And uh, Jeff and I can certainly attest to that. There's just fantastic seafood available. It's fresh. You can even watch the um, uh, the fishing boats come in and you used to be able to, in the old days, you used to be able to buy straight off the fishing boats. You can't do that now because of fishing co-ops and so forth. But you know that most of the food that you're uh, able to get in Port Lincoln is certainly straight out of the ocean and onto your plate. So that's a, a bit of a quick-winded half-an-hour tour of the east coast of Air Peninsula from Wyala all the way down to Port Lincoln. And on previous, not previous, on upcoming episodes, what we'll do is we'll go from Port Lincoln to one of my favourite places, which is uh, Coffin Bay. Then we'll go up to Wangaree, Coulter, up through Mount Drummond uh, to Mount Hope, up towards Sharinga. Um, there's beautiful places to visit. Uh, Alliston will talk a lot about Alliston, uh, then up to places like Port Kenny, to Venus Bay uh, on the west coast of the Air Peninsula, Baird Bay, and all the way up to Streaky Bay, another fantastic place to visit. Um, there's so much to see and do in this area. You can also go inland um, and just, uh, as I said earlier, that it's a lot of um, rural kind of uh, agricultural as well, but plenty to see and do in these particular areas right up the centre of the Air Peninsula through Cummins up to Lock. Um, you can also go to Kayankata as well. And if you happen to doing the um, west-east route and you Sejuna, uh, make sure that you drop down through Sejuna down to, to Smoky Bay, Streaky Bay and doing that real wild uh, west 
west side of the Eyre Peninsula. And likewise, if you're at Port Augusta, head down to Wyala and do the east coast right down to, to Port Lincoln and then maybe up through the west coast as well. Plenty to see and do on the Eyre Peninsula in South Australia. That was our visit to the east coast and I hope you've enjoyed it. As always, you can interact with us on the Roadless Travel Podcast, dropping us an email, following us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you like what we're doing, drop us a line. If you've got some requests that you'd like us to follow up on on adventures, please, again, drop us a line. My name is Nikki Shea. You've been listening to the Road Less Travelled podcast. I hope that's given you a little bit of a wet the appetite for your next adventure. Thanks so much for joining us, and I hope to see you somewhere out there on the Road Less Travelled. Bye for now. Thanks for listening. The Road Less Travelled is presented by Nikki Shea and produced by Fat Cat Media. 